Hello, my name is Raina Malhotra and welcome to Teen Scientist on WDIY. Doing our audio engineering is James Johnson. Here on the show, I bring you stories of groundbreaking innovation in the STEM disciplines entirely from a teenage perspective. Today, you'll be hearing from some of the Regeneron International Science and Engineering Fair, or ICEF, finalists, including myself. For some background, the Delaware Valley Science Fair is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 1949. Each year, up to 1,000 students in between 6th and 12th grades from Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, and Delaware make their new scientific discoveries with research. The fair then takes the top three high school winners in each grade to ICEF in May to compete for more than $4 million in scholarships and awards. This year, the competition will be in Atlanta, Georgia from May 7th to May 13th. Which leads me to the first guest joining me today, Victor and Brandon Kai. How are you both doing today? Doing well. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're both here today. Now, to our listeners, we spoke with Victor in February after he found out he was one of the top 40 finalists in the Regeneron Science Talent Search. Soon after, Victor went on to play second out of the approximately 1,800 applicants this year, winning him over $175,000. Again, congratulations. That's quite the accomplishment. Thank you so much. Now, I want to know, while you're waiting on that stage for your name to get called, what thoughts were going through your mind? To be honest, I didn't really expect to be winning anything. It was just, um, I just, uh, throughout the, that entire finalist week, it was just sort of uh, taking in the experience and not, not, I didn't really think that much about like winning or it didn't even feel like a competition uh, for the most part. It was um, just meeting people, getting to know people and just having fun. <laughs> And as you said, simultaneously, you were given the opportunity to network and connect with 39 other brilliant researchers just like you. So how was that experience? I think uh, one of the important things I took away is uh, just seeing like the uh, really the breadth of science, that there's so many different scientific uh, disciplines and they all have these growth potentials and they're also um, get really deep and, and are at the same time really broad. Uh, and I get that I was... Uh, getting that from pretty much um, all 39 of the other finalists, um, which are in so many different areas. Now, for our listeners who weren't able to listen to your full segment last time, could you briefly explain again what your research involved? All right, so my uh, project was in creating a short-range distance sensing radar. Uh, in doing so, I uh, ran into a uh, bandwidth issue uh, where for an indoor radar, uh, you need to limit the amount of bandwidth you're using uh, so that you don't interfere with other wireless devices like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Um, and so my project was able to use a multi-frequency algorithm in order to uh, reduce that bandwidth requirement uh, by uh, five magnitudes, which is over 100,000 times. So in other words, you essentially developed artificial eyesight in your own kitchen, which is extremely impressive. So. Yeah. Now, I want to finish by asking, what are your plans for the future? You're a senior in high school, about to graduate very soon. Where do you see yourself going from here? Well, of course, um, one part of it is going to college. Um, I'm still deciding between uh, quite the array of um, top colleges. I've gotten into uh, Princeton, MIT, Yale, Harvard. Um, and so uh, that would be quite the decision. But well, once I figure out where I'm going, I'm probably going to enroll in some sort of uh, open courses or summer programs uh, there before I get there, um, just to uh, get used to that. Um, and then 
uh, to get into electrical engineering um, at wherever I end up going. And specifically with the award money that you won from the Science Talent Search, what are your plans with that? Yeah, that will go mostly towards college. Um, and I'm happy to say that it's uh, going to cover over half of my uh, college expenses. Well, congratulations and good luck with everything in the future. Now, I want to move on to the little brother here. I have Brandon Kai sitting with me. Brandon, how old are you and what grade are you in? Uh, I'm 14 years old and I'm in ninth grade. So as I mentioned before, Brandon is one of the ICEF finalists that I'll be speaking with today who actually won not just first place in his own category, but in his entire grade. So congratulations. But what was your research about? So my research was about creating um, a wayfinder to tell a visually impaired person, like uh, my karate teacher, uh, the direction to uh, some sort of facility like a bathroom uh, using uh, Bluetooth. And... Uh, so it uses uh, this new uh, feature from 2019 uh, from Bluetooth uh, version 5.1 uh, called AOA, which is angle of arrival, and uh, uses that to tell the user like the distance and direction to um, the specified location. And which category of the science fair was that in? Uh, engineering. All right. So what were the results or applications of your work? Uh, so my results were pretty accurate. So uh, obviously with the user interface, um, a system could be built to actually help visually impaired people to navigate to facilities like a bathroom or uh, like an airport gate or something. Why don't you go ahead and describe your interface? I know it looks really cool. Uh, so right now it's uh, sort of like a radar. There's um, black background and there's like a green arrow on it that shows like uh, the direction uh, to the specified location and also uh, shows like distance. Uh, so, but for like more visually impaired users, uh, this might not be sufficient. So in the future, I'd work on like creating um, a sound like system in order to tell them which direction to go. So both of your research is really similar. It involves visually impaired devices. So how, how are they overlapping? Like, do they, could, could your research go together? Uh, yeah, so mine is basically telling the user, like, what direction to go. And his... Yeah, mine is more sort of making sure that uh, you can see which objects are around you and not run into them. Um, and uh, Brandon's here is more of uh, getting where you need to go. So do you ever think you could kind of combine that research? I was actually thinking of this just last night since um, we were thinking about uh, coming to this interview and we realized, wait, hey, wait a minute, we've been doing our research mostly independently, but we're doing two things that probably should eventually be integrated together. There's definitely potential for that. And so... Brandon, I want to ask you, what inspired you to get started in this area of work? Uh, so, uh, also from my karate teacher, uh, I got inspired to help visually impaired people uh, because a guide dog can, like, help you get around somewhere familiar. But, like, uh, if you go to some random place in some other country, uh, then it'd be very hard to know where exactly, like, the bathrooms are if you can't, like, see signs that tell you where the bathrooms are. And what are your plans for the future? I mean, you're just starting high school. Where do you see this research going? Uh, so in the future, uh, this could become much more accurate, possibly. 
and also be integrated into common devices like iPhones by just adding an extra Bluetooth antenna. So for someone who is like eyesight impaired, this could be um, a game-changing uh, invention. Yeah, definitely. And also as a younger sibling myself, I think I know all too well what it's like to have big shoes to fill. But at the same time, my sister has also been one of the most helpful people in my life. So Brandon, I want to ask you first, how has having a sibling, especially an older brother, guided you or motivated you throughout your career so far? Uh, we both have done like math competitions from an early age. And um, eventually when I got uh, to more advanced levels, uh, we started becoming sort of equals and he started like helping me and I sort of helped him sometimes because he forgot stuff. Yeah, no, he's, he's pretty much surpassed me at this point. <laughs> so you would agree that you're equally Yes, I believe now? so. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. In mathematics, yes. And then so Victor, how has Brandon played a role in your success today? Well, looking back, I believe I've helped Brendan in a lot of ways, but that has also helped me to become um, sort of a better teacher, a better mentor, uh, and learning how to uh, cater to people's uh, thinking styles as well as their uh, keeping their intentions in mind. Um, and my brother and I get along really well, uh, especially compared to a lot of other households. <laughs> and um, I think that's been quite important for me in uh, developing my social skills. So is there any piece of advice that you would want to give to Brandon that even our listeners could use going back as your high school career is ending? What's one piece of advice you could give to Brandon as he's starting? Don't get bad grades. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, not really don't get bad grades, but like understand uh, where your limitations lie as well as um, uh, where your potential is and um, uh, really live up to that. So um, if the best you can do is the best you can do, then that's the best you can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck to both of you, Victor, as you're going off to college and Brandon, as you're just starting high school. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, sit tight. We still have four more ISA finalists to speak with, including myself. This is Raina Malhotra on Teen Scientist. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100, extension 6, or WDIY.org. Welcome back to Teen Scientist on WDIY. I'm your host, Raina Malhotra, but this portion of today's segment is going to have a little bit of a different structure. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be speaking with some of the finalists for the Regeneron International Science and Engineering Fair, or ICEF. We just spoke with Brandon Kai, who was the ninth grade gold medalist at the Delaware Valley Science Fair, and now we're going to be hearing from the sophomore and junior gold medalists, who are myself and Okazeway Bell. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Unfortunately, I didn't get to eat breakfast today, but <laughs> I think other than that, I've been doing great. How have you been? I'm doing good. It's awesome. So 
we're actually going to start by reversing roles from interviewee, me, to interviewer. So I get to be kind of a bit of a host today. And so as Reina already mentioned, um, the Delaware Valley Science Fair actually awards three medalists per grade to qualify as an ISF finalist to compete for tons of scholarships and awards at the ISF competition. I earned gold for 11th grade, and your host, Reina Malotra, earned gold for the 10th grade. So I'll be asking her a couple of questions about her project. So I kind of wanted to start off and ask you, Reina, so what was your project about? So my research, it was in the biochemistry category, and my work focused on the use of gene silencing through siRNA to augment elastogenesis in abdominal aortic aneurysms, or AAs, it's long to say. But siRNA, or small interfering RNA, is a non-coding class of RNA molecules, and it works to interfere with gene expression. So my work kind of used this idea of silencing genes to modify the elastic wall structure of certain kinds of aneurysms. It's awesome. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, research involved in that. And so I'm now wondering, like, where did you conduct your research? How did you kind of get into a lab space to conduct your research? So I actually did my work at Lehigh University, and I just reached out to a professor and got involved. Um, and I conducted my research. I did a series of in vitro culture experiments, and I used diseased aneurysmal smooth muscle cells from a simulated rat model. And in doing this, I was able to determine the most optimal dose of siRNA to improve the wall structure. Okay. And so there are, of course, like certain genes that are coding for these AAAs, right? Um, So how did you determine like which genes to observe? So like you said, there's a lot of genes involved in this process, and a lot of them work in concert with each other, um, which means that the expression of one gene can silence another and vice versa. So I primarily focused on the silencing of the epidermal growth factor receptor, or EGFR gene. And then secondarily, I observed four other genes that were involved to see how they responded to ensure that the process was working properly. Oh, okay, I see. And so you're talking a lot about kind of how gene expression kind of affects the results of your project. So ultimately, how are you able to kind of measure this gene expression? Right. So I was able to measure relative gene expression through a polymerase chain reaction or PCR machine. And this kind of technique works by rapidly amplifying and copying smaller segments of DNA. And then it starts by separating the DNA into two single strands and then synthesizing two new strands by using the original strands as templates. So this kind of results in the duplication of original DNA with each new molecule containing one old and one new strand of DNA. And then this process just repeats a number of times and it ends up resulting in over 1 billion exact copies of the original segment. So I kind of use that um, as the method to measure the relative gene expression for my data. And it sounds like your project has a ton of applications, you know, for like being a gene therapy for AAAs. So ultimately, where do you plan to take this research in the future? Well, there are several different ways I could continue this work. First would be to investigate other genes um, involved in the regeneration on wall structures. And I would also want to refine the dose of siRNA treated for the most optimal results. Um, But hopefully much further down the line, we would also be able to develop localized and efficient delivery directly into aneurysmal tissues. Well, that's that sounds amazing. And congrats on, you know, placing gold in both your category and grade. And congrats, we'll be with each other at ISEF. But that concludes me being the interviewer for today. So thank you for sharing and congratulations again on this achievement. And thank you so much. And I'm actually getting really strong deja vu because around a year and a half ago, you joined me on my inaugural episode mm-hmm. of Teen Scientist. I'm really excited to have you back. But jumping right into my questions for you, what have you been up to this past year? 
Yeah, so this past year has definitely been really busy, especially with, you know, school resuming in person and everything. Um, So I've been able to conduct a lot more research. I've been doing a lot of research in the intersection between neuroscience and machine learning, you know, working with companies and institutions on um, kind of developing this research. I have a couple of papers coming out soon, which is very exciting. Um, But perhaps most exciting on kind of the research end is that I was accepted into RSI this year, um, which was great. Um, RSI is the Research Science Institute. I know you're familiar. So essentially, I'll be just spending six weeks at MIT over the summer getting to do a lot of research in the neuroscience and machine learning space. But outside of research, I've also done stuff with like violin. I got to play at Carnegie Hall this year and I've just been playing tennis and just really keeping up with life. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a lot. You seem like you've been very busy. Mm-hmm. When I first spoke to you, you talked about your technology companies and your work in computation and AI. Where are you with that today? Yeah, so I've been kind of still working on a couple of the projects that I had mentioned previously, especially um, I think I mentioned FIDUTOM, which is like the main project, um, which was like securing banks and making sure um, that underprivileged individuals get access to proper financing. Um, So I've been continuing that project, entering it into a couple of competitions. um, So I'll probably have some updates on that soon. I guess we'll see about Mm -hmm. that. Um, But other than that, I'm still definitely working with AI. And as I mentioned, it's kind of like the focal point of my research. Well, now I want to transition on to your research that earned you the gold medal to become an ISF finalist. So what did your research involve and what category was it in? Yeah, so it was in the engineering category for the 11th grade, of course. Um, It was entitled A Novel Anthropomorphic Myoprosthesis for Unilateral Amputees. It's kind of a mouthful. Essentially, I just built a prosthetic arm for people with something called transradial amputations, meaning that it's a below-the-elbow amputation, but it also has similar applications in being a transhumeral amputation or above-the-elbow so replacing that limb entirely. So how did you like approach this process of research and how long did it take? Yeah, so I actually got to meet a couple of amputees, which is what inspired me to kind of get into this project. I had a bit of a personal connection to it. And so in realizing that the kind of the industry standard for prostheses are definitely below average, you know, they don't have very great myoelectric controls, which essentially is just like the electrical activity in the muscle. It still happens with amputees, but it's difficult to measure. Um, And then a lot of these prostheses are extremely expensive, like upwards of $10,000. So in kind of just looking at those different problems and doing something called a meta-analysis where I looked at a variety of research and papers, I was able to come out with kind of these core metrics that I wanted to optimize for. And then using just the general engineering design principles, I was able to kind of build off of that and structure my research around those goals. Wow. Well, I've personally seen a lot more research being done in this field, but what sets your work apart from other therapeutic tools? Yeah, that's a great question. And that was actually one of the biggest questions with the judges. It's like, there's so many innovations with prosthetics, you know, MIT made like an inflatable prosthetic (laughs) arm. There's crazy things happening in this field. But the biggest thing for me was that I realized that these didn't really have these new applications that we're seeing. They didn't have many kind of a breakthrough point with amputees. They didn't have much market penetration, largely because a lot of them were still invasive. So I started noticing that this was the trend between all of these new developments happening, that we really needed a non-invasive and extremely low-cost prosthetic. And so that's why I built one that was under $400, completely non-invasive, but still was able to outperform at least in my my tests, of course, we need more robust tests to say that certainly. But um, essentially, I was still able to outperform within a couple of tests of the current industry leading standards of prosthetics, which and I have not seen before. So I think that's what really made this some novel research. 
And so do you see your work eventually going to the market and how long would that take? Yeah, I definitely do see it going to the market. And actually, one of the great things about it being non-invasive is that it doesn't require as many extensive FDA approvals. So it's likely that within a couple months to years, I would actually be able to really push this into the market, which is much faster than a lot of the more invasive prosthetics that require like open brain surgeries or um, different types of implants. Um, and additionally, I did develop like two algorithms. So one was for generating the design of the prosthetic using an AI algorithm. Um, Um, And the other was for measuring non-invasive EMG or like the electrical muscle activity signals at a really, really high fidelity and with really high clarity. So around 94 to 97% accuracy. So even if I don't end up, you know, bringing this prosthetic to market, I could still implement the algorithms in a variety of ways. And then how do you hope to kind of improve your research? What changes would you make? Yeah, I think one of the biggest improvements I could make to the project is making it more robust. So I was able to do some preliminary amputee tests and feedback sessions, but ultimately what I want to do is really branch out and get a very large distribution of amputees, continue to do tests with them, continue to get feedback, um, and then ultimately incorporate that feedback to make the prosthetic better. And I'm also looking at developing like a teleoperated system so it could have applications outside of amputees, like with, you know, robotic, minimally invasive robotic surgery, or even just implementing it with companies to bring it to the people who need it the most. So you obviously have a lot of experience in presentation and in science research. So what piece of advice would you give to our young listeners who are interested in similar fields? I think the biggest piece of advice is to not memorize. I think that's like the biggest thing is try not to memorize and keep everything stored in your brain and try to cram. I think one of the best possible things you can do to show that you understand your project and are passionate about it is to truly just understand your project. I think that's something that's really heavily overlooked is that people don't necessarily understand their project. They're so focused on making it sound impressive to these PhD judges and trying to make it sound good. Um, But from both of our experience, I think we can both realize that if we truly understand our projects, we're able to kind of tell it in a way that is understandable, engaging, and also exciting and powerful, um, especially to these group of judges. And, you know, ultimately, they do know you're a high schooler and won't know everything. Yeah, and that's very true. I was just talking about this, how research and this entire process of science fairs, it involves the science and scientific research, but it also involves the communication aspect. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to effectively, you know, get your message across to judges in a small span of time. Yeah. Um, But I also wanted to ask about what your plans are for the summer with, you know, summer's coming so soon and then your senior year. What do you aim to achieve? Yeah. So, of course, you know, there's RSI coming up, which is awesome. So, Um, Like I said, that will be a large portion of my summer getting to do research, take classes and also talk to a lot of these amazing professors at MIT and at RSI and also bonding with the students at RSI too will be amazing. But outside of that, over the summer, I plan to, you know, do a lot of tennis, um, kind of branch out of my research and also, you know, get to relax and really rejuvenate for the senior year because, you know, of course, college applications are coming up. Everyone's going to be stressing about those. But um, even outside side of that, I hope to continue my research and also continue my youth outreach, really getting youth into STEM and also helping them understand and kind of like with what you're doing, you know, really empowering youth through this kind of forum and this podcast. um, I'm aiming to do 
do similar things with like my speaking engagements, et cetera. So that's really good. And you mentioned college applications. Do you have any plans for that? Yeah. So um, a couple of my top schools, one of them being Stanford, I really want to go there as well. So um, I have <laughs> just been kind of preparing for that, looking at some of their supplemental stuff. You know, it's always great to start early, but ultimately I'm not really set on one school. So who knows, there might be a new school that kind of pops up for me and I'm kind of experiencing that now. So right now I'm just really trying to get into that essay writing mode and, mm-hmm. you know, prepare scholarships and everything. There's just so many facets to the college application process, but I think I'm ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, best of luck with your research and all of your other academic endeavors. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Listeners, we'll be back with more ICEF finalists right after this quick break. This is Raina Malhotra on Teen Scientist. WDIY News engages the Lehigh Valley with accurate, unbiased reporting from many sources with volunteer, real voices providing context and definition for thought. For WDIY News, I'm Sarit Lashinsky. For WDIY News, I'm Marcy Lightwood. For WDIY News, I'm Mike Flynn. Listen to WDIY News during Morning Edition, fresh air and all things considered daily here on WDIY, streaming on WDIY.org and on the WDIY phone app. Welcome back to Teen Scientist. I'm Raina Malhotra, your host, and you just finished hearing from both Okazwe and I about our research, and now it's time to hear from our next ISF finalist, Raina Bondikar. How are you, Raina? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you for joining us, and I have to say I love your name in the least biased way possible, and I apologize in advance to our listeners if this gets confusing, but let's dive right in. Raina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you go to school, what grade you're in? Yeah, of course. Um, So I'm a junior right now. I go to Germantown Academy, which is in Fort Washington. Um, I've been going here for quite a while now. I've been going since pre-K. This is going on to my 12th year here, which is really exciting. Um, Yeah. And how old are you? Um, I am 17 years old. So you were a silver medalist at the Delaware Valley Science Fair and now are a qualified ISF finalist. What was your research about? So I did my research, so the title of my project was Does Early Gonadectomy Predispose Canines to Cranial Cruciate Ligament Injury? Um, so kind of in simpler terms, I'm looking at does the age of spaying and neutering a dog um, correlate with them having a higher chance of sustaining this type of rear-leg orthopedic injury called cranial cruciate ligament injury, which is actually the most common type of rear-leg orthopedic injury in canines. So how did you kind of organize your study? Yeah, absolutely. So I started off, um, I'm actually a veterinary technician. I've been working as a vet tech for about three years now. Um, And then over the summer, that's kind of how I got interested in my project, because I've seen a lot of dogs come in with this type of injury. Um, So organizing my study, kind of, I collaborated with the veterinarian at the practice, um, scheduling just like normal appointments with dogs um, to kind of come in and take their x-rays. That's kind of how I Um, like organize my study just by scheduling just regular appointments with dogs. And how did you get inspired to work in this field? Have you always been interested in animal medicine? Um, I feel like I've always been interested in animals since I was really young. Um, I was actually, my mom is a veterinarian, so I was always kind of in the clinic um, observing her, watching surgery. So I've been really, really interested in both medicine and animals from a young age. 
And working at the clinic um, just, like, gave me even more inspiration. Um, a lot of people ask me if I want to be a veterinarian. I actually don't want to be a veterinarian, but just uh, getting that exposure to both the medical field and, like, obviously with my love of animals, um, I've seen a lot of things that I'm very inspired about. Well, that's really interesting. And what are the applications of your study? Yeah, um, so right now, this is actually not something that's very commonly um, researched. Um, it's just being researched that um, the age of gonadectomy actually can be a factor in predisposition to injury. So again, finding that perfect age where um, you can spay and neuter a dog with uh, reduced um, risk to this orthopedic injury, but also um, without obviously risking the dog to other types of adverse reactions or effects, such as like memory, cancer, and stuff. Like finding that sweet spot age um, would be perfect to like prevent obviously a sur- surplus of orthopedic injuries in canines. And outside of your research, what kind of activities or extracurriculars are you involved in? How do you like to spend your time? Yeah, um, so I think as teenagers, we're always so busy. Um, one of the big things that I do right now is I'm on the crew team at my school. So every single day, I'm at the river, um, usually get home like 7.30, and then I race on the weekends. Um, and then also the other thing that I'm really involved in right now is playing the flute. Um, I was a classical flutist for quite a while, and um, something that I've just dove into in the last few years and I'm getting really interested in is actually playing Indian classical music. Um, so I write all my own music, and I perform with my dad. So that's really exciting, something I love to do. Well, that's so fascinating. I actually play the flute, too, so that's really fun. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um, what would you do if your project wins at ISAF? Um, honestly, I would do more research. I really want to keep um, this project going by looking at, like, a litter-specific study, um, which would obviously take more um, money and more resources to get in contact with breeders and track specific litters. So I would obviously want to continue that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I want to do right now. Lastly, what piece of advice would you give to our young listeners if you were in their shoes? Um, Just go for it, because that's what I did. I really wasn't expecting my project to make it to ISAF, but I just did something that I was interested in. And, you know, if you do something that you're interested in, you're really devoted to it, um, you have no idea where you can go. So just go for anything you want to do. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Joining over the phone now, I have Mariam Abdelassim, the silver medalist winner for 10th grade. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself, your age, your grade, and where you go to school? Yes, so I am a 10th grader at Central Bucks East High School, and I will, well, as you know, be going to ISAF in the May. And as you said, you're now an official ISAF finalist. What was your research about? Yeah, so I modeled the quorum sensing cycles using longitude, so, uh, longitudinal approaches over time uh, by measuring gene expression in Pseudomonas aeruginosa. And basically, in my research, I tried to, well, I accurately identified uh, the role of and ranked the critical genes of to quorum sensing for Pseudomonas aeruginosa. And this then allows for those genes to be used as potential dr- drug targets to prevent pseudomonas from gaining antibiotic resistance. And to do so, I developed a statistical approach to accurately measure those quorum sensing uh, activities by observing the entire cycle and adjusting for certain interfering environmental factors like bacterial population to get those accurate results. And I then helped to integrate this technique in medical devices. 
And what is quorum sensing? Oh, quorum sensing, which is the communication of bacteria in order to synchronously uh, respond to some kind of stimulus. So bacteria are always communicating and sending these signals to each other. And those signals communicate the cell density in the environment. And once they reach a certain cell population, they can then synchronously, for example, in the case of Pseudomonas aeruginosa, they are virulent, so they attack the host. So they wait till there are many in numbers, and they just simultaneously attack the host to create an amplified effect. So that's all really interesting, but how did you get inspired to work in this field? Uh, yeah, so I've actually been working in quorum sensing for over two years, and it all started with like a seventh grade science fair at my school. And afterwards, I just continued to expand upon my research and gain more knowledge in the field and try to create uh, new approaches to better uh, the approaches in the field, yeah. And then what are the applications of your work? So my work can be used to, um, as I said before, develop new drugs that can help uh, the infections of Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is a very pathogenic uh, bacteria. It's also an opportunistic bacteria, meaning that it waits until the host is um, immunocompromised, and then it infects it and creates even more detrimental effects. So that was one application. Another application is for it to be integrated in medical device software, so it can, you can yield more accurate results. And how long would you say it would take for you to get to that point? Uh, well, I'm hoping to try to do this over the summer, actually. Uh, so, yeah. And outside of your research, what kind of activities are you involved in? Do you have any extra extracurriculars, or how do you like to spend your time? Yeah, so I really enjoy uh, skiing, playing basketball, and tennis. I'm on the tennis team in my school, and I used to play basketball uh, on on an actual team for about, like, 10 years. So that was fun. Lastly, what piece of advice would you give to our young listeners? Uh, yeah, so I say that you, whenever if, you're, if you decide to do something, like research-related, for example, you should always strive for something that you're interested in because not only does that help you succeed, but also you can... Uh, be engaged in what you're doing. This has all been very fascinating. What a fantastic episode that has featured STEM from all across the state. Tonight, you've heard from five amazing ISEF finalists who shared their unique research with us and will be competing in Atlanta on May 7th. Thank you and good luck to Brandon, Okazeway, Miriam, and both Reynas. And congratulations again to Victor for his achievements with the Science Talent Search. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in with us today on WDIY's Teen Scientist. It was a pleasure to talk with everyone, and I can't wait to see you all in Atlanta very soon. I'm Raina Malhotra, and this is WDIY. Tune in next Thursday for more Lehigh Valley Discourse, and we'll see you next time on Teen Scientist.